our, our, our respective devices are reminding us that we should be recording a podcast. That's useful. Welcome to List Envy, the podcast where I work with a guest to build a top five list on a topic they choose. I'm Mark Stedman, and this week's guest is Dave Webb, creative director at We Are Beard. Uh, we recorded this on New Year's Eve 2020, uh, no less, and I thought that um, I'd got my audio set up uh, just right, but it turns out that maybe that wasn't the case. So if it seems that our recording... Um, it, it seems like our recording platform might have had other ideas. So uh, if the sound is a little bit wobbly, then um, this consider this workman uh, to be blaming his tools. Uh, all right, well, uh, let's uh, let's crack on, get into it. Uh, this is me and Dave Webb uh, building our top five list of tips for working in the creative industries, uh, which begins with a little bit of backstory. Uh, it's, it's, it's all I've ever been able to do. Um, I'm dyslexic and I'm of an age where it wasn't really catered for at school. And so I genuinely remember vividly the first day I got praised for something at school and it was for drawing something. I was like, wow, this, I I like this. This is good when you're told you've done something well rather than constantly told you haven't. And, and so I just thought, I want to do more of this. And, and, um, I think there's, Possibly there's a background of it. My mum was a recording artist in a youth. Uh, apparently my granddad did like cake decoration at some high level, uh, if that's a thing. Um, so it was always encouraged. It was never like, this isn't uh, this isn't a job, do something sensible. It was like, okay, you're good at that, do that. Um, so I think I was very lucky in, in that kind of respect that, like I say, this, the academic the school side of things was definitely yeah you are not good <laughs> you, you don't do things well at all um so the moment that it was like oh look this this is good you did a good thing I was like, right yeah I, I need more of that in my life and and that was it never looked back it's it's the only thing i've ever been able to do and wanted to do i guess i, I think i i think i get that i think that you starting off by saying yeah it's like it's the only thing that I feel I can do. I, I, yeah, I, I feel like I understand that as much as I sort of straddle the line between creative and, and sort of tech stuff. Um, and, and in some ways I have a sort of very fixed kind of almost engineering mindset, which we will get to. Um, there isn't, like I'm, I'm kind of doing the only thing I feel like I really can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think that's it. And, and if you, when you feel that, when you know that, um, I think it's really hard to to steer away from that. Almost, you think, "Oh God, what am I doing this for?" I, I've done I've done crappy jobs as well as the, the thing I do that I dream of. But um, yeah, when you're in those jobs that you're not enjoying, it becomes far more evident. I think, and you just think, oh, "What am I doing this for?" I've got, I've got no joy from this. I've got nothing. I think I've only ever had one job that I really really disliked and i was only there for three months and the company went bust um <laughs> because of you or just i'd like to think not no i don't think so um because <laughs> the uh the guy took t- it was <laughs> his his wife ran his main business uh that he started and i think his wife sort of took it over and just went listen a grown-up 
a competent grown-up needs to run this you can if you want a side project you can go and busy yourself over here with this side project and i think he, he got excited by that and then basically he never shipped and the money ran out and so she was like now nah, pack it up <laughs> so yeah uh the like four of us that were working in this literally like a little basement office um yeah um and and that's like that was the most technical and least creative and yeah, and and the most sort of strictured. I don't know if that's the right word. Strict, stricture. Um, it was strict. Um, you know, I I got called out because I wore jeans one day, and I was said uh, someone said, "Ooh, it's casual Friday, is it?" No, no, I'm a human being, and I'm wearing jeans. Yeah. Um. So yes. Um. What What is it about? I think there is a certain type of person that really bristles against those kinds of. Um, environments do you think it's the restriction uh yeah i don't i don't this is kind of chicken and egg stuff isn't it i don't know if you become more uh more anti-restriction because of what you do or whether you were that to start with and that's how you end up in the place you are um i had a similar thing i worked at uh, an event management company for a while and it wasn't far from where I lived and it was downhill all the way. So I used to skateboard into work and one of the directors called me in the office and said, David, this isn't, you know, this isn't what we really think of ourselves as a company that somebody's skateboarding to work. Uh, I said, well, I could turn up on a space hopper as long as I'm here on time. That's none of your business. And, and it riled me so much. And I, I, was, I said, you know what, if anything, I am helping to offset the company's carbon footprint. I am doing good things. You should be celebrating the fact that I do this, not demeaning me for you know being some sort of child who who comes to work on a skateboard. It's like, I just don't understand how this is any of your business at all. Um, and I think that yeah, that set a tone for <laughs> for quite a while in a job. <laughs> oh God, I can feel the uncomfortableness of a conversation like that. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, and I've always been the same. I worked in the post office for a while, but I was in the sorting office. And they were like, you've got to wear a uniform. So why? No one can see me. I'm just moving parcels from one place to another. What, what's it matter what I'm wearing? And, and it was just this ongoing argument. And like I say, I don't know if it was the part of me that, that is the creative going, nope, I am not conforming to this, or whether that nonconformist nature made me become creative. I'm not sure. Well, um, with with that in mind then, um, what has to be then your absolute number one tip for working in the creative industry? Uh, don't have a plan B. So all the way through school, all the way through life, oh, you know, you, you need a backup plan. You need something to fall back on. No, you don't. No, you don't at all. Just make sure that your plan A is loose enough, fluid enough that it's it doesn't have to be uh, a Marxist five-year plan you know it's just for me from day one i want to be paid to draw that was that was my dream that was my ambition and i do that and i've been doing that for 25 or more years um it was achievable but it's a constant and it's in everything it's uh i, I know somebody who's a rugby coach and he's he's very much of the same opinion he was told we, you know yeah it's good that you play this game but you know, think about maybe doing sports science or doing, you know, something that's a backup. Don't. Just don't. It, it's like preparing yourself to fail. It's just kind of right, okay, I I know the dream that I have is is kind of hard, 
So I will have the fallback of X, Y, or Z. And I've done them. I, I was a teacher for, for a year. It nearly killed me. And not because of the physical teaching. I, I loved the classroom. But the paperwork, the politics, the red tape bureaucracy, it nearly killed me. And, and it was like, why have I done this to myself? Why have I gone with this backup, this fallback of, uh, you know, if it all doesn't work out, I could be a teacher. Just be confident that it will work out. And we're, we're told all the way through school, all the way, that, you know, you want to be a, a singer. Yeah, that's not really a job. The, the, the music industry... So this country is worth, I think, four billion a year. Why shouldn't that be you? Why shouldn't that be the kid at school who, who thinks I'm going to be a rock star? Well, go on, go and be one. Somebody's got to be it. But is is it that easy though? It's not that easy. No, no, it's not that easy at all. But if things were easy, well, you wouldn't enjoy the the success that you feel for going. I did the thing that I wanted to do, and and. Just being told every day that that's not a thing. Don't do it. Don't have a plan B. Just have have a plan A that is loose, that you go, okay, plan A is draw and be paid to draw. That's okay. And, and if it means that you subsidize that by doing part-time work or, you, you know, you, you, whatever else that might be, you're still achieving your goal. I think that addresses the the sort of, the the only kind of not reservation because i'm i'm with you but i think that's the yeah that's the only sort of nagging thing is like you're gonna get a thousand no's before you get a yes and you've got to feed yourself in that time so yeah 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 absolutely and 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 those no's are just as important i think um if like i said if it was easy everyone would be doing exactly whatever it was that they went oh i fancy being an astronaut well you can't you know but you can you can make it something where you go, yeah, if it's an astronaut, I'm, I'm interested in space. Okay, well, look at all of the options that work around that. See how you can somehow be involved in anything that is your passion. But don't give up on it entirely and go, and if that doesn't work, I'm going to be an accountant. Because <laughs> you'll be a joyless human who's just like, oh, I'm an accountant today. I don't know. Like, just go for it. You're not. You're not going to lie on your deathbed and think, "Well, at least I I took second place. At least, at least I copped out." <laughs> yeah, and I think that like measuring your successes as well is really important. Um, yes, for me, uh, some of the work that I've done, I consider to be like, "Oh wow, this is amazing." I, I've just done posters for Red Bull. That's like that's the dream. But equally, I've got friends who go to work on a Monday that just are miserable. I go into work on a Monday and go, right, what am I doing today? I'm drawing brains on a BMX helmet. Awesome. You know, it might not be that well paid as a thing for that day, but damn, it's better than sorting mail or, or plucking chickens or whatever people have to do. Indeed. I mean, and, and I think also, especially with things like illustration, but also with music, if you've got the right mindset, if you don't um, mind doing this, and I think it's slightly different with music possibly than it is with illustration, but... Um, there's there's um so i've got one of these uh signed up to one of these services where um you it's you know, uh, you'll probably know the company envato 
Um, they sell. Uh, it's a big marketplace where they sell um, lots of assets that you can use in different projects. So they ah, have, yes, yes, no, I do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it used. They used to all be separate sites, like Audio Jungle and uh, Theme Forest, and all these different sites. And then they, they've sort of come together, and there is a subscription service called Invato Elements, and I use that for uh, lots of different things. I, I think the music that I use for List MV came from that because um, although I do my own music, I couldn't quite get what I wanted. Anyway, I was looking around for some some illustrations, and I I happened upon this this artist that I just thought, I love what he's what he's doing. It's there's some weird surrealness. He's got a, a strange obsession with pizza, coffee, and uh, I think cannabis, and then mobile phone um, things. They all it's time, um, and I think what I can gather is from what it looks like, he gets an idea in his head, and he'll go and draw that. And he has his style and he has his sort of the way he lays out his images and these kind of characters that, that have a theme. And then he'll just go, all right, well, I can put, put that on one of these sites and then I might earn a couple of quid from it over the however long. But he was do, he was going to do that anyway. Um, and, and I think this, the same can be with music. You know, I've, I've got a couple of tunes that have been rattling around in my head for ages and I could just pop them onto um, Audio Jungle and then, you know, I might make a little bit here and there i might make two three four dollars if someone wants to get the the license to use that um and you know i was going to do it anyway so yeah yeah that, and that's it i think it's um I, I don't know i can't speak for for outside of creative because it's it's the only thing i know but i think it's the same for everything i think it's it, you know if you want to go and kick a football around you, you might not be cristiano ronaldo but if you really really enjoy kicking a football around go and do it you know, it's, it's just enjoy life's life's a short thing and and if you're just not enjoying any of it what's why are you hanging around <laughs> that sounds terrible but it's you know it's uh, yeah i think here for a good time not a long time do the things that make you happy do the things that make you uh enjoy life and, and just embrace things and if it can't be your day job make it the thing that you look forward to coming home to absolutely yeah yeah you know um uh, my my accountant just recently with the year that we've had I've had a few meetings with my accountant um, and was shocked genuinely shocked that I don't have any sort of retirement plan I was like well, I'm not going to retire the the thing that's going to stop me is is crippling arthritis or something then I will stop drawing if I can't draw but I have no plan to stop doing this at all so if I can continue to make money on that when I'm in my 70s, fantastic. If I can't, well, you know, we'll, we'll plan on that when it happens. But, um, yeah, there, there's no exit strategy because the, the, the thing that makes me money comes out of my right hand and, and, and my head. And those things are always going to, I hope, always going to work. Okay, so my, my number one um, is be supportive. Um, so... I've sort of mentioned having uh, a kind of engineer's mindset and that means I'm there's often like I'm terrible at maths, but maths has this thing of there is a solution. There is there's there's one answer. There might be many ways of getting to the answer, but there is one correct answer. And and I sort of sometimes approach creativity, creative projects with that same mindset. And that's not always uh, I think that's often not helpful um because what it means is you start criticizing or you start looking to criticize bits of the the piece of art or the the piece of creativity that 
don't that that's not the area that you need to be focusing on like it doesn't matter if someone um introduces a youtube video in a way that that like so that there's conventions in 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 lots of different art forms and, and lots of different creativity things especially on the internet like people always seem to want to start a youtube video by saying what's up guys or hey guys and whatever and and i think when you have a certain mindset you can look at things and just go well that's done wrong and it's like you need to be more open-minded than that and and when you're collaborating with people you need to be i, I think it, it it behooves you to be more supportive um yeah yeah i agree with that i think collaborations so important as well and and if you can't say something nice um then 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 maybe don't if you if you can't offer you know if someone's looking for for critique or whatever if you can't find something constructive then um you know there, there's there's there are other ways that you can go you know I've, i i every now and again i might uh come across a piece of work that someone's done and i will talk about i will try and talk about them in the work rather than the work itself if i can't find a redeeming quality in the work i want to talk about like ask them about their process and and what they enjoyed about it and that kind of stuff and you know work it work it out that way um but if you can say something nice i think you you like borderline must um, yeah no i completely agree absolutely yeah it's it's, it's duty almost to go you did really well Keep exactly it comes back to your your point right from the beginning of of um being told like yeah you you you've done a good here yeah yeah and and it's such a good feeling and like why would you not want somebody else to have that feeling of like ah i did something good and i think the the longer you're in an industry as well i'm you know i'm not like some big name in my industry but people because i you know i'm a creative director i've worked in x y and z my opinion uh has some value to some people so when you say something nice and they go, oh, my God, that's from a guy who's a creative director. I am doing something right. That's, that, that should be all the time, like, fed in, just, you know, right, keep doing what you do because you're doing it well. And like you said, it doesn't it, – even if it is um, – the, the email you wrote me was really nicely written. You know, the work might not have been great, but, wow, your approach to looking for work is fantastic. You, you're very personable. Let them know that. Let them know that's a quality that's working. And, uh, you know, they, they should be proud of that bit. And maybe the other bits need sharpening up somewhere. But, yeah, just like, wow, you, you know, you're really good at whatever that thing might be that you are, you know, that, that does work for you. What's number two for you? Uh, number two, be childlike, but don't be childish. So have... Uh, Again, things we've just been talking about. Be excited. Be like, just like, oh, wow, this makes my eyes light up that I'm doing this thing. And, and a childlike enthusiasm uh, is, is contagious as well. I think other people go, oh, yeah, this is, this is fun. This is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the don't be childish. Don't, don't be put off when somebody says, particularly in, in my sector, um, that's not right. That's not the, the answer we were looking for to the problem that we gave to you. That's not a personal thing. Don't, don't throw your toys out of the pram and go, well, what do you know? I've been doing this for 25 years. It's like, okay, yep, um, right, now I'm being professional. Now I'm being an adult. Now I've got to move on and, and work in, a, in a, you know, a way, a process, whatever. But don't ever lose the, the childlike enthusiasm and... and and it's okay to, to, to act like a child in that way, you know, to, to be excited, to play. I think that's the big thing, playing. You know, we, it, as creatives, you do, you play. 
and you get paid to play. So keep playing more because that's what people are, are coming to you for because they're like, I don't know how to... I always say that um, if I've got a leak in my bathroom, I get a plumber because he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't say to him, put the pipes here, there, and up around the wall. I say, how do you take your tea? And I get out of the room and I leave him to it because he knows what he's doing. And I think that's why people come to creatives. It's like, look, I don't know how to illustrate. I don't know how to make a piece of music. And I like what you do. So enjoy that process and be childlike with it. Be excited with it because that's, that's, that's your job. You know? I, I was working on uh, a family project uh, a couple of days ago and I was anticipating because I was a bit disappointed with, with the end and I, I sort of I felt like I made the best job. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I did the best out of it that I think I, I could given the raw materials. And I was gearing myself for and, and playing in my head this conversation that someone was going to have with me about how it was a bit of a letdown and people had worked hard on it and, and you just put this thing together and in my mind as i'm playing this scene out i'm sort of crossing my arms and going all right well you do it then <laughs> yeah yeah and we've all been there it is it's in your head to go all oh, right yeah yeah what do i know yeah i'll change the color to green i've only done you know eight years of art school to know about color theory but you like green we'll do that shall we but you can't say it out loud <laughs> you've got to just keep that as an internal monologue going yeah all right mate um, and that's the difference between childlike, childish and childlike, I think, where, you, yeah, you can't just blurt out what comes into your head as to, no, oh, well, all right, then you do it. <laughs> yeah, because the other person hasn't, they haven't sweated over this thing. So to, to them, it's come fully formed and it's just, it's now arrived. Um, and, and they've, and this is not a criticism of the person, they've not had to put the effort into making it so they're not fatigued by having to make it and so for them the suggestion of can we make the logo bigger um doesn't necessarily take into account the three hours that you spent trying to fit this logo that doesn't fit anywhere yeah because it's got <laughs> text in the wrong it, yeah. place yeah trying to balance it with where they want the menu on the website and stuff and you've spent all this time f- figuring that out and you know it cannot be in a better place because you've tried all the permutations then i just make it bigger and put it there and you know you have to sort of yeah try and try and as as politely as possible say listen i've i've been through this and and maybe show them and say yeah and that's it yeah show the process and just go look you know i can show you what you've just asked for but i can also explain to you why that won't work particularly well being um, a podcast editor is an interesting job because if you do your job correctly the work that you've done is completely invisible uh, obviously, it's audio, but it's it's it, it, you know the the better you do your job, the, less, the people less people know exactly. And so, when I've removed nineteen ums, your knows and likes from <laughs> from a thing, and the one I've left in, I've left in only because it cannot it cannot be taken out without making the person sound like they're broken. Um, yeah, you sort of have to go. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, move on. Uh, I love it. Um, okay, so my number two is, uh, I, I think I think there's the, in areas this kind of ties in a little bit with with what we've been talking about, but it's I've sort of headlined it as be stubborn, um, which is seems opposite to to being supportive. But what I mean by this is, um, I think I, th- I think it is on theme really. So I remember, God, twenty years ago, 
I had, I thought, wouldn't it be nice to do, and this was before blogs really existed, and I didn't have the idea for a blog, but I thought writing, it'd be fun to review films on the internet. That would be a fun thing to do. And I hadn't been online for all that long. I'd been using the internet for a you know year or two, and I was thinking about all these different things. You know, I used to build my websites in front pages, and I made my bare naked ladies fan site and all that stuff, um, it, with with all the frames and comic sans and gifs. Um, and one day I thought it would be fun to write. Uh, yeah, I could like I could go and write about the films that I've seen. So that could be fun. That, that could be an interesting thing to do. And I told my brother, and I love my brother, and we get on super well, and he's like my best mate. But I asked my brother, and he was a teenager, and he just went, "Why? Like, who would read that?" And I believed him, <laughs> and I sort of went, "Yeah, I suspect you're right. No one will. Okay, I won't bother. I'll move on to the next thing." And I think, and and like. I didn't start podcasting until about three, four years after I really could have started because um, I did a lot of on-demand audio before the, like the thing that we call podcasting existed. Um, but I never actually like made a podcast as as we would call it now until 2008. Um, and I was listening to them for years and I just think, I, I just thought like, I don't have anything. I haven't got anything valuable to say or whatever. And that was the voice inside my head. The first one was the voice of my brother. And I kind of wish that I hadn't, like, okay, I'd listened, but then ignored them and, you know, like plowed on because it's a good idea. Yeah. No, and I, I have the same older brother, um, who, who even now, you know, we're both in our, uh, the, the wrong side of 45 and he'll still be like, you go to work dressed like that. You've been to a meeting dressed like that. What's wrong with you? Well, like, when are you going to grow up? When, like, seriously you went to a meeting in those trainers like, mate it's a meeting with a guy who wants to work with a creative person what the, and then like he's in sales and to him you know that that's a, a big part is the right shirt and tie and and i get that mm-hmm. he doesn't get what i do i don't think and 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 the same thing my best mate i love the bones of him but at times i'm like mom just spend a day at my studio with me and you'll see that it, it works. It's okay, this thing that you don't understand entirely. Um, and, no, I'm with you, though, the stubbornness. I understand what you're saying, that um, sticking by your guns kind of thing to go, this is a good idea, what I do, I'm good at, um, what I've just shown the client is right, and I've got to explain to them why rather than just go, oh, they didn't like it. Right, okay, let's go back to the idea factory that's in my head and stick something else on a page. Um, yeah, there's, there's times when if you don't do that, if you don't stick to your guns, and I think most people are guilty of that early in any career. They go, oh, okay, I don't know enough right now. So if they say it's wrong, it's wrong. And um, we've all been there, but... I think you get to a point where, um, yeah, you're just far more confident in what you do, who you are, how you do that thing. And I think it's also um, like when you get to a certain point where you, not that you turn down work, but you say, I don't think this is right for me. I don't think we're the right fit here. We get all the time as a studio people who come and go, "I, I want you to do what you do. And then you do what you do, and they go, oh, no, that's not it. <laughs> oh, is it not? Because <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> um, and and I've got better early in those conversations realizing that, ah, yeah, you, you don't actually 
want to work with me. You've, you've got a very different thing in mind and it's better that we finish that early than end up really disliking each other later on. Um, and again, yeah, I think that comes with confidence and yeah, stubbornness to a degree that, yeah, this is not going to work. And, and, you know, no matter how many times we go around the block with this, you're not going to like what I do and I'm not going to like working on this project for you. And, um, um, uh, what's number three? Number three uh, kind of ties in with everything else that we've just been talking about, really. But um, be excited by your work. If you're not excited, no one else is going to be. Um, and I, it was one of the things I learned. Uh, I, I did a degree in illustration. Um, and the guy who was head of the course, uh, was he was also one of the lead um, caricaturists for Spit and Image. Um, so just respected. He, he knew what he was talking about. Uh, and he purposely gave us one of the, the dullest briefs that he could possibly give. And it was to design a stamp based on the British weather. And it's like, really? What? This is so boring. And it was, it was cries of it from everyone. Really? Oh, boring. What he wanted us to do was find the interesting and, and put in our own slant on that. Um, I ended up doing a piece. Um, for me, the, one of the best summer's days of my life, uh, Euro 96, Paul Gascoigne, chipping Colin Hendry, making that goal, doing a dentist chair. The grass was the greenest it could be. The kit was the whitest. The sun was the yellowest. Everything about that day was perfect for a British summer's day. And then I've also played football in the park on a Sunday where it's been the worst weather. And I'm thinking, what the bloody hell are we doing here? It's coming down sideways in stair rods and we are running around a field as people who really are not up to this. (laughs) And so that was what I did. I did kind of how the British weather affects British sport and and made those cliches and those kind of uh, whatever you want to call it, you know, those connections to it's not just an umbrella and some wellies. Because that that is boring. So you have to bring the excitement. You have to look at something and go, what excites me? And how can I feed that into what the client has asked from me? So that I can then go, look, this genuinely is really exciting. What I've done should excite you because I'm super keen to show it to you because I've got something really, you know, I'm buzzing about. Um, whereas if you do go, this is the dullest project in the world, in the world and here's my solution to that, well, it's going to be dull. The client's not going to like it. You're not going to have enjoyed working on it. And so unless you're excited by what you do, no one else is going to be at all. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. I feel like there's a chance that in, in some projects you can you can be thoroughly unexcited by your work and your client can can go, yep, that, like, that satisfies the brief. And and I think in those moments you've got to then figure out, like, okay, is this the kind of client, like, I'm grateful for the work, but... Do I want them to recommend me for other jobs? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's the thing, definitely. Um, and I think that goes into, you know, the portfolio you show the world is is the same as Instagram, is the same as Facebook. You show the stuff that, wow, look what I did. I'm excited. This was great. I'm happy. You don't show the miserable piece of work where you've done, a, you know, a catalog for a toilet company or something because you don't want to do more of it. Um, and it's not to say you, you always turn those things away. We've all got to do bread and butter work where we go, okay, turn out, burn out, you know, churn out, just get it done. Um, but 
yeah, where, wherever possible, show show the work that's exciting that you've been excited by, and you'll get more of it because people will look at it and go, oh wow, that's that's a really cool thing. That's what I'm after. And I think that's the thing: getting into an industry, you know, you, you've got to show this is what I would love to do, given the chance. You can tell when I think when the spark of joy is in a piece of work. Yeah. Um, and I think that's when I'm looking for, um, like either when I'm looking for illustrations like this, this one I was talking about, like you see the joy in, in the art or I'm looking for music and I'm scrolling through several corporate piano and guitar, um, loops and you just hear like how these have all been churned out because they've all listened to the same song sweet Dis- they've all listened to sweet disposition by uh, the temper trap and uh, because that's what we did in 2009 um and, and they've just made their their thing um whereas you you when you come across the one that's like the dixieland jazz reggae chip tune <laughs> number that you're like wow someone's had a lot of fun making this i went i went in on that fun yeah definitely it's contagious um and i think that's same again in in any industry any whatever um people want to be around fun people they want to be around people who are excited by something no one no one on a dating profile says they don't have a sense of humor <laughs> do you know what i mean everybody considers that they've got a sense of humor i'm funny we all want to be we all want to be you know fun and and liked and no one says oh yeah i'm dull don't you know if you want to spend time with me, be ready to be depressed because (laughs) (laughs) just that that's so yeah, as you say, when it's there and it's evident, it's even more infectious. You go, Oh wow, this is, this is fun. Um, I, I do Glastonbury pretty much every year. And the amount of times where I've gone, right, there's a band I want to see. We'll go across here. And then you go past like the circus fields and the the comedy fields and you think, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll just have a drink here. And then four hours are gone because we're just <laughs> into watching a, a guy climbing a ladder in his pants or whatever madness you've just seen. And you think, like, that guy cannot make a really good living out of that. But damn, I've had really good fun watching him and he's had fun doing it. And, and um, yeah, I think, like I say, you just you want to be around that. And, and if you're not excited by what you do, then look for the thing that does excite you. So my number three is... Run your own race, uh, not someone else's. So um, creativity is not a competition. Um, and so with this, I think if, you, you know, if you're running a race, you want to concentrate on the finish line, not looking too much at the other lanes to see where people are. Yes, it's, it's kind of helpful, but like you don't want to be f- fixated on that uh, at the risk of then you losing focus on that, on that, that big goal. And so, compare sparingly um i think so like someone may have uh great success at their work and the same work that you're doing um but they may have had um a different boost at the beginning you know they they may have had different uh things that have set them up that have made their lives a little bit easier and so if you're thinking well i want to be at this point by the age of 30 or 40 and you see someone else who's at the point you want to be and they're much younger um a like try not to get into that comparative trap too much but also remember that that people have have different starts um but also what you're making um when when people are seeking out creative projects 
um, this I think this probably goes less for com- uh, for like commercial work or for for commissioned work, but whether it's making music or a podcast or a vi- or a, a YouTube video or whatever, people aren't seeking out your thing at the expense of something else. Um, like they're they're not choosing your thing over something else. They're choosing to engage with your thing because they enjoy it. Um, they're not comparing it. They're not saying, well that. That tweet was funnier than this other person, so you know it 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 doesn't work like that. So you've got to run your own race. Um, people choose things based on whether they're good or not, whether not whether they are better than some someone else. Um, and so yeah, like keep keep your own not keep your own counsel, but keep your eye, eye on your own thing and your own work. And um, it's it's good to look around and to be inspired by other people, but don't fall into the the trap of comparing your your success or whatever to someone else's yeah absolutely and i think um you know every year around about now there will be uh, a dozen or more blogs saying what the trends are for next year and there'll be a lot of people looking at that and going oh that, that's the trend is it yeah it might be and and you might go oh actually i do a bit of that that's good but don't then go oh well if that's the trend that's what we better gear up to do because it's like, well, you know, there's, someone's doing that already. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, that's one of the things I'm, I'm a big believer in when, um, you know, I've, I've seen illustrators who, uh, young illustrators, I would say, or, or new to industry maybe rather than young, but uh, like Jamie Hewlett, who does gorillas. And um, to me, Jamie Hewlett is, is godlike. Everything he does is amazing. But there's already a Jamie Hewlett doing that. So there's no point me trying to be a cheap Jamie Hewlett. You know what I mean? He does it, and he does it really, really well. So I'll be Dave Webb. He can be Jamie Hewlett. And and that's a better solution. And, and I think there's far too many people do look at whoever it might be. You know, if they're caricaturists, they might go, oh, Ralph Steadman does. Ah, Okay. Have a look at what makes that interesting to you, whether it's using a dip pen and getting scratches and, and sort of uh, serendipitous moments that make a splash that looks cool. But don't be Ralph Steadman Mark II, like cheaper well, Ralph Steadman, because it's just there is no point. He's there. He does it. He does it better than you're ever going to do it. And he's always, he's always going to be a little bit ahead because he is already – Ralph Steadman, so he's going to be the way he's going to be progressing means you're probably all if you're aping him you're always going to be a little bit behind rather than yeah following your own path yeah and, and I think like like you're saying as well yourself that be inspired by definitely uh, you know, we can't help but be inspired by other artists other musicians other god I get inspired by the most innocuous stupid things my daughter will say something that makes me giggle and I think what what about that was funny? Why was that funny? And then can I somehow make that into something illustrative? Can I be inspired to do something from that? Um, and, and there's nothing, nothing's new, nothing's original, so to speak, anymore. It's all you know, an amalgamation of other things. But at least at least try and put your own spin on that. At least try and do it your way, not just go. I am a cheap knockoff of the guy you probably can't afford <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah you might get some work um but are you ever really going to be that proud of that or you know it, it just seems pointless and we as a business one of the things we do is mural work and we do a lot of, you know really large scale pieces of art 
And only recently, somebody came and said, I want, I want a mural doing, and I want this, and sent an email with, and I was like, well, I know who the artist is who did that work. I can put you in touch with them. Yeah, well, we, we've tried speaking to him, and uh, it is out of our budget. And I'm thinking, how insulting is that? You're, yes. You're outright asking me, saying, I don't really like what you do. I love what this guy does. I can't afford him. I think I can probably afford you. Can you be a tribute actor? Thanks for that. <laughs> and that goes back with what I'm saying, where you go, yeah, I don't think we're going to work together. I don't think this is going to happen. Um, and it's just, yeah, I, I don't think there's any, uh, there, there's no win in just going, this is what somebody else does. And as you say as well, being competitive, I think, I think there are times, my wife goes crazy, if there's junk mail, I'll pick it up and go, bloody hell, somebody got paid to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, oh, just let it go. I'm like, yeah, but look at the state of this. Someone got paid. Um, and so there's, there's a competitive element there that I think I could do so much better than that. And that's okay. But to... <laughs> is it? Is it? Because I still struggle with that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. I th- as long as you're not... <laughs> As long as you're not taking a photo and sticking it on Twitter and going, look at the state of this. <laughs> I think it's okay to think, you know what, I'm, I'm pretty good at this because I'm better than that. And that was paid for. Yeah, and that counted apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gone through some people who've gone, that's good enough for me. Um, and I think, so that's okay to spur you on in that kind of competitive way. But yeah, looking at... I don't, like I say, I do some neural work. There's a guy called Tristan Eaton who I find just one of the most amazing artists to look at. I look at his work and think, I don't think I could do that. But that's okay. That, that, he does that. He already does that. So there's no point me trying to do that. And, and it's okay to sort of look up to it and go, what a, what a thing to be able to do. But don't belittle your own thing by going, it's not as good as that. It's just different. It's just not the same idea or the same process or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, there, there's equally, there's a, a guy called Ben Tallon, who, who's fantastic, amazing illustrator, and he's got a podcast and, and writes books. And his stuff is like very scratchy dip pen work and appears to be very quick and spontaneous. And I'm sure it is, but it's years of him working that way to make it appear that it's effortless. Now I look at that and I think equally, oh, I couldn't do that. I don't think I could do that. Mm-hmm. But that's because I kind of, I, I labor more, I guess, over my work. And that's not in a derogatory way to mm-hmm. what he does. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't, I don't have that process of very quickly going, oh, look at that. That's beautiful. That's probably something in my own head where I think, oh, I need to spend a bit more time on this or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the, those guys are two ends of a spectrum where one looks like it's taken years and years and years of, of work to make one mural. And another guy who looks like he might have drawn it on the back of a fag packet in the pub and gone, that's it, it's done. I, I think both of them are absolutely amazing and I could not do what they do. But it doesn't mean that what I do isn't, isn't good, isn't valuable, isn't you know, um, the right thing. So I don't see it as competitive with that. I look at it and go, that's amazing. And good for them that that's amazing too. But uh, What's number four? Number four, uh, failing is learning. Oh, yeah. Just don't, don't be afraid of failing. Don't be afraid of going, I'm going to have a go at this. And it might go horribly, horribly wrong. 
Um, I I went with my family yesterday to do a pottery class. Never done it before. Just thought that that looks like it'd be really good fun. Always fancied it. Uh, the first pot that I did, I was oh, properly over the moon with. I was like, oh, I've nailed this. I can do this. <laughs> ah, the hubris. Yeah, yeah. And he said, he said, now put that on the side and we're going to do another one. I put it on the side and the whole thing collapsed. And I was just like, oh no, what happened there? And he went, yeah, that happens sometimes. You made it too weak around the bottom of the pot. And I was like, well, but it looked amazing. And like, but by it going horribly wrong on the first one, even though I thought I'd nailed it, I learned immediately. Oh, okay. Right, so the next one, I've got to make sure I don't make it that thin at the bottom. I don't make it so top-heavy. Started to understand the process more. And you've got to see that. Like, you've got to have experienced it. It's not just enough to be told, make sure you make the, the bottom this, that. And like, you have to experience that crushing <laughs> defeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and I think, like, the, the stress of a deadline in the real world means, yeah, that failure is, is more expensive or, or more costly to you in, like, art. Oh, geez, I've just bought this up and I've got two hours left. What do I do? But then that pressure and hopefully what you've just learned from it means you go, okay, I've got this two hours to make deadline. What have I learned? How can I make it right? And how can I do it in that time? And, and, and learning those things as you go along is yeah, it's so important. But if you're scared of making the mistake in the first place, you're never going to push yourself. You're never going to go to a place where you go, wow, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know that, you know, that looks so cool or that's something new that has just improved what I do or my process or, or the, what I can offer to a client. Um, so yeah, have a go at it. And, and if it's bad, like really bad, laugh about it, enjoy that, but, you know, talk to your friends and go, oh man, I did this. And it, yeah. Oh, it was so bad. And everyone will have the same story, or they should. They should go, oh, yeah, I screwed a thing up really, really badly. And then you can get competitive about that. <laughs> Who screwed up the biggest? <laughs> I, um, I, I, so I, I, I enjoy making music, and I, I, I've written a few songs that I like, and I've got, um, like I've got my piano up to grade, I think I did grade six. Um, and, and that's all right, and that's, that's fine. Um, and I started learning the guitar and I've, I've tried a few times and failed and I started learning, uh, through an online thing. And then in the end, I just thought I'll get, I'll get a teacher. And the amount of times you go through that whole rise and fall of competence into blistering incompetence within the span of a, of, of a couple of weeks is remarkable. You know, you, you, you get a few things, you've got a few chords down and then your teacher says, all right, this time we're doing bar chords. And suddenly you don't like, you've got nine thumbs on one hand and the guitar is upside down and it's also made of pudding. And it's just like, yeah. And then the next week or, or something will just happen one day and you'll just go, oh, wow, an F chord just came out. And, and then it happened and then you'll do, you know, and then, and it's, it's this, this constant thing. So it's as much as I, I, uh, I'm not a big fan of a, of those sort of Californian sort of cliches, that whole thing of you fall so that you learn how to get back up again is that there is, you know, there's a, there's a nugget of something in that. I think, uh, again, I can't speak for everyone, but certainly in our studio, we do go by that slightly Californian thing of, you know, there's no such thing as a bad idea when we all sit and, and brainstorm whatever a project's going to be, you can throw out anything. 
Um, and we will take the mickey. Of course we will. You know, we go, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> Shoes for pigeons. Are you mental? But it's like, but, but say it. Say it. It's, so, it's, it's easier to rein in a really, really crazy idea than it is to make a really mundane idea seem more exciting. Compare the meerkat was, was dreamt up in a pub because someone thought that market sounded like meerkat said in a Russian accent or the other way around. And that's now a, like a, what, 15-year ad campaign? It's almost its own business. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it, it rejuvenated the, the advertising industry on TV. People were like, oh, oh, you can do things that are exciting and silly again. Oh, brilliant. Let's do that then. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be... Uh, a cliched sexist or look you know here's a product that makes you more uh, desirable no here's a meerkat yeah all right yeah i'm I'm in like just (laughs) yeah definitely i I think it's uh yeah and and again in that meeting somebody may have gone a meerkat are you serious (laughs) yeah (laughs) or they might have immediately gone wow that's genius that is genius but if they have not said that for mm-hmm. fear of somebody going, are you off your head? Then, uh, yeah, we wouldn't have. And it's the same with everything, you know. And I think in, in art especially, you go back and look at somebody like Jackson Pollock. And everyone who, who is new to looking at art will look at Jackson Pollock and go, I could do that. Yeah, you didn't, eh, did you? <laughs> yes, that's the one. Yes, yeah, you didn't one. do it, didn't. and you didn't say, look at this, it's beautiful, this is art. You would have been the one who went, oh, crap, I've spilt paint. <laughs> and then you'd have put that away and gone, no one needs to ever see that. And, and yeah, nothing would have moved forward. Uh, Picasso not gone, I'm putting those two eyes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we would still be, you know in a similar place in art where it was like, this must be representational of a thing that everybody can look at and go, yes, I agree. That's a a bowl of fruit. And that's great. There's nothing, you know, if if that's the thing you like doing and that's what you're good at, brilliant. Continue to do that. But yeah, if you want to push things and change things, then you've got to be okay with somebody going, mate, what are you doing? That's ridiculous. That's okay. Someone number four, um, I'm going with use what you have to hand. Um, so if you can't afford a th- uh, whatever it is that you think you need to make your thing, where it, whether it's a specific like illustration app um, or you need this, you need to get Cubase or whatever. Cubase? That's the wrong thing, is it? I don't know. The, whatever, Ableton or, or, you know, some big music production software, like whatever it is that you think you need. Um, if you can't afford it, then you know like don't that that isn't that isn't your art that isn't your creativity xkcd isn't successful because it looks great um the, that that little webcomic is successful because he can very simply convey ideas that we sitting at our computers every day can look at and go oh yeah like i do know what that that feels like and he can portray that with stick figures and you know, he is one of the most. It's possibly the him and him and the oatmeal, uh, two very different web comics, but equally uh, as successful. You know, um, they, they've both had their line of books and card games and all sorts of stuff. Um, and and the success in in both of them, like both of those successful web comics, are not because of the um, the degree at which this person adheres to this particular art style. It's it's simply that the nugget of the idea is well conveyed. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, and I think working to your limitations. Um, oh, yeah. It can often really push a thing because you go, right, what is the absolute that I can get out of what I, what, what I know and what I use? I, I get so much stick in the studio because I'm, I'm old and unwilling to learn new things. <laughs> and so I, I illustrate in Photoshop 90% of my illustration in the studio is Photoshop. And all of the younger people are going, well, if you do it in Illustrator, it'll be in a vector. It'll do it. Like, yeah, but uh, I prefer to, to work to the limitations of Photoshop and push those than to go into Illustrator, which for me cleans up your artwork in a way that it's like, this is what I think you were trying to do. So I'm almost like predictive text. It's like, oh, that was the line you thought you were going to draw. Nice. Now I want that serendipitous moment of a line that went a little bit astray, but looks really good. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I'm kind of, I, I, I was taught uh, traditional animation, like proper old fashioned frame by frame. Mm. Now I know that, there are animation softwares that make that that whole process done in, in so much of a fraction of the time of what I spend. But I I still, yeah, I look on Photoshop and go, can I create a GIF by drawing this and then moving the frame and doing that and doing that? And I work to the, the limitations of my knowledge rather than the limitations. We could get that software. If and, and there are guys in the studio that can use those sorts of pieces of software. But I go, kind of go, okay, yeah. I wonder if I can do this with this thing that I've got. Um, again, uh, going back a little, when I was at university and Christopher Sherrick, the, the guy from Spit and Image, um, before I went to Hereford Uni to do illustration, I was trained at the Joe Kubert School of Cartoons in New York. And everything we did at the Kubert School was with really expensive brushes and inks, and, and we were trained... We literally would do page upon page of just straight lines where you've got the thinnest possible point of the brush to the fattest point and then back to the thinnest and in the straightest line you could do. We trained to use a brush in that way. When I got to Hereford, Chris was like, can you just put those brushes away? I, just, I was like, yeah, these are like hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of brushes. He said, yeah, that's great. Go outside and get a twig and break it and smash the end up until it's kind of like a brush. And I'm thinking, you're mental, mate. What are you doing? I said, now, put away those those expensive inks. Here's a bottle of red tea cut, um, you know, the car polish stuff. Oh, wow. And he said, right, dip that twig in there and do what you do, but, like, with a, a big pot instead of a nice little bottle of ink and a big brush, instead, you know, this big twig instead of one of your fancy brushes. And I was thinking, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever done, but I'm going to humour the guy. And within 10 minutes of starting a piece of work in that way, I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. This looks so much better. There's so much life. There's so much. And, yeah, that, like you say, you don't need – I didn't need these these incredible, expensive camel hair brushes and, and the best Dr. Martin's inks and, and all of those things. What I needed was my head and my hand to work together to go – Oh, look, this this is what was in your head. It's come out on a piece of paper or a canvas or whatever. Um, and that, that properly changed the way I looked at everything. It was like, okay, this, this is so much more interesting. This is so much more freeing to go, 
you can paint a beautiful picture with a stick and whatever has got colour in it around your house. You do it with mud. You can do it with anything. You know, it just it, you don't have to have, like you said, yeah. Like I said, I use I use Photoshop because it's it's quick and for our industry, everything's got done that way, really. But yeah, I, when I'm at home and I'm doing things with my daughter. I don't go, right, let's get my Wacom tablet out and, you know, you can click this and get this hue of colour. It's like, right, what have we got lying around? What crayons, what pencils, what whatever. Let's make some marks on some paper and, and have fun with that. Uh, and, yeah, working to those limitations is is good and freeing and, and can often lead to much more exciting things because you're trying to push what you can do instead of using a, a filter or, uh, <laughs> you know, what uh, what will be your, your final uh, number five? It's a numbers game. Um, <laughs> and this was said to me by, by somebody else that basically say, uh, you come out of university or you come out, you know, you say, right, I want to get into this industry. But if we use university and just simple numbers, we say, right, there's a thousand graduates a year. And there's probably a lot more than that. But you know, I'd say there's a thousand a year within year one. You're all trying to get the same job. You're all going to the same places. You're all going to do the same. 500 of those people will drop off. Guarantee they will go, I've, I've now got responsibilities. You know, I'm a little, I'm, I was a mature student and I've got a child now, so I need to, to get a real job. Um, and so suddenly those numbers have halved. Also, the reason you're not getting any work is people go, you've got no experience. And that's so frustrating. So you spend that first year, you're in... You're now out of a thousand people down to five hundred people, and you may have just got like one or two little professional briefs from somewhere. It might not be the thing you want to do, but it, it's getting you experience. Year two, that halves again. You're in two hundred and fifty, and you've now got four or five pieces in your portfolio. Year three, onwards and onwards and onwards, until basically there's you and one other who graduated at the same time because you were stubborn enough or stupid enough or whatever you want to see that as to go, no, this is what I'm doing and I'm sticking at it. And it, yeah, eventually it is your time. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think it's, yeah, your time will come if it is genuinely what you want to do. And if you are one of those that drop off in the first 500, it probably wasn't for you in the first place. If, if you're that easily swayed to go, uh, it didn't happen, so I'm done with this. Um, so yeah, just stick at it and, and look at look at it like spreading the odds and going, okay. Over ten years, my numbers will reduce. The people who I'm up against who have the same experience as me, who came out at the same time as me, will reduce. And it it is a numbers game to go. Now's my time. And then what will happen is your time will come and everybody will go, oh, who's this overnight success? <laughs> Been doing it for 10 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, that, that's, that's how it works. Until people have actually like, heard your name or seen your work, they go, oh, I'm never. You know. And then suddenly, oh, where did this guy come from? Like, yeah, yeah, he's been really slogging for a long, long time. Um, but I think it all goes back to the, the no plan B that, if you, if you stick at it, then you will. You'll learn more. You'll become more experienced. You'll you'll have the tools to go. I do understand this, and I can do this. Um, but if yeah, if you're one of the ones that in the first six months goes, okay, let's go and be a teacher or whatever it is, then it probably wasn't for you. 
The, I, I'm, I'm interested in that, and I think we'll, we'll, we might talk about this in a bit because I've, I've got some I've got some thoughts on that. Not not that I disagree. I've got some, yeah, some some things to think about on on that sort of how you pick yourself up from from failure or from like not feeling like it's working out. So I, th- I think we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but my final one then is um, <laughs> take all advice with a pinch of salt. Um, so creativity is is a personal thing um and um you have to serve your own mental well-being your own emotional well-being um you've got to serve that first um similar to what what you're saying with it being a numbers game it's it's a process um you're not better or or, or worse than than someone else the hope is to simply is to improve on the work that you did yesterday not to be you know better than someone else um this is your art, your work, your creativity, uh, and the choices that you make are the right ones if they satisfy you and they fulfill you, um, regardless of, you know, like if, if you define yourself by, if you choose to define yourself by being um, a musician, an illustrator, a sports person, uh, a, a podcaster, a YouTuber, uh, a, a stand-up comedian, if it, that doesn't have to be what your day job is. If that's what you define yourself as, and if you're doing the work that satisfies that, then to a degree you can listen to all the creative advice in the world uh, and it might mean nothing because if you're doing the work that you want to be doing and either it's the the thing that you get paid for or or it's the thing that you come home to then what do you need us for yeah no i think uh, and you know it's something i joke about a lot that every every barbecue you go to every uh, do you remember when we used to go to barbecues (laughs) but uh, every time you meet new people Oh, my my uncle's auntie's daughter is really good at art. You'd love her. And I, I might do, I might not, I don't know. She's probably still just a person rather than an artist, so therefore we'd get on. But equally, yeah, they're the same people that will give you advice. Oh, yeah. So-and-so, he does this. You should do that. No, I shouldn't. No, because going back to what we said, he does already. He does that. I don't need to because somebody's doing it. <laughs> don't give me that advice. And that's not to say all advice is bad, obviously. You know, there are times you go, oh, geez, wow, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, that, thank you so much. That has really helped me with the thing. But, yeah, there, there is a lot of people who are really happy to tell you how you should be doing what you should be doing. And so, yeah, okay. There's also that, that strain of advice that is so well-meaning, and it usually comes from uh, family members, which is... <clears throat> I, I wrote um, a kid's book uh, last year and uh, – or now in 2019. No, yeah, 2019. And I sort of put it in a drawer for a while and, and worked on it and improved it. And, and eventually I just thought um, I'll, I'll just self-publish it, and I did. Um, and But while I was working on it and kind of finished it, uh, I think my mum was like, you should get that published. Like, <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm for it. <laughs> should I? <laughs> Is that what I should do? Should I just, yeah, just, I'll, I'll just go, I'll go to the publishing shop and say, I, I'd like this book to be a success, please. My mum said it was good. <laughs> she said I should. And it's, it's, it's it means, it, like, it's so well, I mean, it's like, I want success for you, but it doesn't, yeah, it, it, it's, it sort of fails to sort of take into account, like, it's not my decision. <laughs> Or at least not entirely. My dad was kind of, not the opposite end of that, but um, bless him. He used to, like if my mum was decorating the house, what are you doing that for? Well, it needs painting. Well, get our Dave to do that. He does painting. <laughs> I'm not making you downstairs loo into the Sistine Chapel, dad. You know, I, 
<laughs> That's not the painting I do. Thanks, though. <laughs> I don't think Leonardo da Vinci did plastering. No, no. He wasn't going around his old dears and going, hey, I'm on, don't worry. I'll sort that for you. I'll, I'll make the, the... I'll knock you up a chapel ceiling. No worry. No bother. What do you mean you only want it in sort of an off-white? No, no, I've, got, <laughs> I've got ideas for this. I'm not going Magnolia here, Mum. <laughs> I ain't got eggshell. <laughs> So this is Dave Webb of We Are Beard. Uh, you can check their work out at wearebeard.com. And uh, my advice is to scroll down to the bottom of the page and look for the uh, sort of teletype text that appears. Uh, so we were off for a, a few weeks there um, to uh, sort of back back record or, or bank some episodes. So um, uh, we now we now have that. Uh, and uh, so we have got more in the hopper. Uh, and thanks to Stuart Parker for uh, his assistance with uh, with with all of this work. And if you know what a hopper is uh, and you want to tell me, then you can email listenvy at gmail.com and you can tweet me at a Mark Stedman. Um, I don't think we'll bother with like the List Envy social accounts anymore because it just doesn't, you know, like this. Let's let's just not. Um, so uh, yeah, you can, you can tweet me at a A Mark Stedman, um, which is my name sort of across the web. Um, so if you like this, uh, the, the the tips that Dave and I uh, have have come up with, um, then do me a favour. If you go to refer.fm slash listenvy, uh, there you'll be able to pick up a special link to this podcast that you can share with your friends. Uh, if you get five people to subscribe to the podcast, uh, then I will record for you a little video uh, where on the fly I come up with a top five list on a topic that you choose. So it is you that will do the choosing. Uh, and uh, and I will try and do as little research as possible, uh, and just come up with a with a with a top five list uh, on something that you choose. Um, so it's it's like it's like a pyramid scheme where at the top um, or, or, or the, yeah the tip I guess um, is a cameo from some guy from a meme. Oh yeah, uh, it says I was in a meme sort of um, three like three hundred and something retweets and loads of likes and counting. Um, well, count counting very very slowly. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago now, but uh, yeah, I was also on Radio 4 with it, uh, with my meme. Um, I didn't make, well, I had a part in the meme and I was on Radio 4 because it's my voice that's in the meme. So I'm I'm a meme voice. There you go. Get get me. Um, get meme. So look, this is getting out of hand. Um, if you've got uh, friends, uh, family members, colleagues or enemies that you think would like this episode, then do yourself go to refer.fm slash list envy that's just a place for you to go uh, and then there you will get a special link that you can share with your friends and when you do if you get five friends to subscribe to the podcast i will record a video and if you keep doing that i will make more videos uh, and they will just be for you uh, and you can you can do with them what, what you will uh so uh, good luck with that <laughs> all right so uh thank you for that and uh, thank you for listening and uh, we are not finished so uh, let us get back on to dave webb and myself uh completing our top five tips for working in the creative sector I, I've I've had a bash at coming up with a, a combined list, and I'd I'd love to know what you think. I've I think a lot of this because there's so much overlap, and I think it's, which is really good. And there's there's kind of some common themes here. Some of these I've kind of maybe amalgamated in, into one item. But um, so from from five to one, um, so number five, I've got set yourself up for an overnight success, which is the sort of the 
playing playing at the numbers game um but also like putting the work in so that yes someone can just turn around and say oh wow like this person's just arrived on the scene it's like nah they're here for yeah yeah um Number four is um, use what you have to hand. Um, I think you you had uh, I, I loved your 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 thing about the um, the brushes. I think that really speaks to that. Um, number three, don't be afraid to fail. Uh, number two is be excitable. So that's the the childlike stuff, but also a bit of the um, a little bit of the stubbornness. But mainly, number one is don't take no for an answer. So don't have a plan B. Don't let someone dictate that you shouldn't do a thing. Um, so that's that's my sort of list. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's good. And I think, you know, we've come into this talking about this as um, uh, how to be in the, the creative sector or whatever you want to call it. When you say that list, I think that's, that's a fairly good list for life. Yeah. For anyone in, in anything. Just, yeah. you know, stick to your guns, do the thing you love, be excited by it, uh, and your time will come. And, and I think that, that applies to pretty much anything. Um, like I say, no, if you want to be a footballer, you're not going to be Cristiano Ronaldo unless you have that God-given talent or, you know, put in so many hours to be. But it doesn't mean you can't enjoy playing football or, you know, or, or be involved in football in some way that makes you go, oh, yeah, even if you're the guy who washes the kit, you're part of that then. You're in it. So don't don't let it be pushed to one side. And, and yeah, like I say, for it, we start talking about this as, as in the creative sector, but yeah, I, I think that sounds like a, a good list for life. Let's publish it. Uh, let's, let's get it done. So I will, I will formally ask you the question then, Dave Webb, do you consent to this list? I do, yes, 100% consent to that list, yes. Are there any items or, or any sort of bits of advice or thoughts that you have um, that, don't, that didn't necessarily make your top five? Um, yeah, I think there's, there are things that, uh, I suppose more towards this creative sector idea. Um, a, a very, very good friend of mine is uh, the lead illustrator, and I believe he's now a creative director at one of the biggest advertising uh, agencies in Europe. And when he applied, when he went for his interview for that job, he turned up fully suited and booted, and and, and the at the time creative director tore shreds off him and said. Do you, do you know who we are as a company? Why do you come dressed like that? And he said, well, it's a, it's a job interview. And he said, yeah, but it's a job interview in a creative industry. He said, unless you dress like that all day, every day, you, you're uncomfortable now. And it makes me uncomfortable that you're uncomfortable. He said, if you'd have come in here in Speedos and flip-flops, but your work was amazing and you spend every day in Speedos and flip-flops, it wouldn't have bothered me. He said, but you, this bothers me that you don't understand the, the industry that you're in enough that you've come in fully in a suit and tie. And now I think that's a, a tiny bit harsh, but I think to understand the industry you're in and to, to look at not, not what are the norms because that there shouldn't be a conforming to a norm. But if you get an opportunity to go in and talk with somebody at an agency and that that can be a starting point for a lot of people you know it's not that you're getting a job you are at least getting into into a studio to see what happens you know work experience or whatever that might be um go with an understanding of what it is you go into straight away don't don't go oh god like you know mum said i've got to put on my best shoes or whatever it might be you know try and try and get to know what 
what it is that you're trying to do. I don't know if that makes sense, what I'm saying, but it's like, if you don't, if you don't already understand the, 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 the industry, then it's going to become quite apparent straight away that, oh God, you, you have no idea what you're doing. You're out of place already. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like your motives are questioned. Yeah. It's a tricky one. Cause it, you don't, you don't know till you know it's, but, um, but at least kind of try and get an idea. Um, the other thing that, yeah, this is, this is a definite 100% solid piece of advice. If you're emailing somebody say, I would like to have work experience or I would, you know, do you have any work going? Don't ask me whether I want to see some of your work. Show me your work. I'm not going to get back to you. When you've emailed me saying, I'd love to come and work at your company, get in touch with me if you'd like to see my work. Yeah, no, I'm busy. Like you've just used your opportunity to show me your work and show me how good you are by asking me to ask you if I can see your work. No, 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 no. Make sure that that, that first impression thing, like blow me away with how good your work is, then say, and I want to work with you. That's, that's amazing. But if you send me an email and then I have to follow up in order to find out if you're any good, that is never, ever going to happen, ever. So, so just, you know, it, like use these opportunities uh, straight away, just like, you know, whether it's through LinkedIn or whatever it is, wherever you make this connection to somebody that you're thinking, right, I want to get into this industry, immediately show them what you can do immediately show them how good you are um because they're not going to come chasing you it's just not going to happen i'm a, a big fan of the um of the email approach when you want someone to do something for you you want to get something out of an email exchange uh, and it's someone whose time is valuable maybe maybe they're a little bit famous or a lot famous um and you know this i, I do this for for podcast for finding podcast guests and all sorts of stuff is i take a tldr approach and i'll say uh, I'll, I'll write the email in in sort of two two forms and say hi tldr like i want a job I, i'd love to work with you um here, you know here's my work or my work is available here and then you can go into further detail because you know at which point you might be like okay listen i found out your work because of this uh, i spoke to this person who gave me your address this is why i'm emailing you and you can set the context then but right from the beginning you're saying like if you're too busy to consider this now like yeah i'm not gonna waste your time by buttering you up giving you all my big sales pitch and then at the end i'm like so i just wanted to ask you if we could have a coffee um you want to like get straight to the point it's not rude it's getting straight to the point with that person and saying like quick off off the bat this is what i'd like from the exchange um if if you if you're up for it then you know please keep reading or, or get back to me or whatever and then you can set the context and say yeah i've been a, i've followed your work for ages this that and the other you can do that stuff but i think it, it should come after like getting to the point yeah definitely and and i think it's not it's not rude to follow up you know a couple of weeks later after that email if you've not heard anything back just to say oh look you know i was just seeing if you had had time to read that email um nine times out of ten the person you've emailed is really busy and so you've got to be aware of that and and like particularly i think with um in my early days of illustration i was doing editorial work if I was to email uh, an editor of a magazine, well, not even email, because, God, it was before that, 
But if I was to turn up at, at the the publishing house of a magazine and say, yeah, I want to speak to see the creative director on a Wednesday at three o'clock, yeah, no chance. He's really, really busy. They've got to get everything out to print by Friday. Wednesday's probably his worst day of the week where he's the most stressed he can possibly be. He does not have five minutes to talk to me. If I go on a Friday afternoon when everything's already just gone to print and everybody in the, the place is like, should we go for lunch? Should we get a beer? That's when I might just eke five minutes of somebody's time to speak to. But understanding that the person you're asking a favour of, essentially, might be busy is really, really important. But it isn't rude to then follow up at a later time and say, just wanted to check, did you get that thing? Because, again, nine times out of ten, they are they're people. They're just a, it's another human being. And chances are they have read it and gone, I'm just way too busy right now. Or they might not have read it. And when you get back in touch, they go, you know what, I have got a little bit of time now. Let me just refresh my memory as to what it is you'd said, and then I'll give you some of my time. Um, so, yeah, it, it's kind of – it's having manners and, and understanding that this is a busy person who I'm asking a favour of, but also, yeah, not being – I guess going back to that, you know, don't be childish about it. Don't go, oh, they didn't get back to me. No, they're really, really busy, and, and you can follow up a little while later – and you can stay in touch with these people and say, you know, I sent you an email two months ago and you sent me, you know, we're not really looking for something right now. Here's a new piece of work I've worked on. Is this more interesting to what you do? That's how you build a relationship rather than it just being a, I sent an email, they said no. <laughs> You're not going to get anywhere with that. And so much of what we do is built on, made on relationships, trusting somebody, getting to feel like, ah, oh, you know, this person's all right. I can work with them. They're, they're... We haven't talked that much about it, but I think that is one of the most important things. And it's something that I think I wish I'd learned a lot younger, uh, at a lot younger age. Um, because I have a, a sort of, sometimes a slightly, uh, my friends uh, who, who know me will, will laugh at this. Uh, I can be a little bit spectrumy. Um, and the amount of times I've sort of, because I've seen a, a slight or a, an unfairness uh, or an imbalance and, I've got my hackles up and I've, you know, had a word and I've complained and, and I haven't realized or just remembered that relationships really are so much the key to this. And, and, and that, that thing of not just collaboration, but, um, being able to welcome, be welcomed into uh, a group that you might then um, get a lot of creative inspiration from, possibly work from, um, people work with the people that they like, as well as if they like the work. Um, and and it's not about greasing the wheels. It's not about um, greasy palms. It's not about grease. It's just about being, r- recognizing how important these relationships are and fostering them in 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 productive ways and sometimes yeah you will get the wrong answer sometimes you'll get an answer in a tone that you don't like and you've just got to go all right well i didn't get the right the the answer i wanted forget the tone aspect um that was a no for now i can always try again in a few months you know yeah and and i think you know email is so uh blank (laughs) yeah the way you read an email is probably your own um mood at the time more than the mood of the person who wrote it so if you're already a little bit uh, 
annoyed by something and then they come back saying, I don't have time now, you'll read it as, I don't have time for this. That's not what they've said. That's you reading it in a, in a negative way. What they've said is, I don't have time right now. Yeah, <laughs> That doesn't mean they won't have time another time. But don't, don't take it as a, oh, well, he was rude. No, no, that's not what it was. You've read it in that way. And I think that's the same with text messages and everything as well, the way you just go... There's no context to this. There's no tone of voice. So I don't, I can read this in the mood I'm in. Um, yeah, which, which is an interesting thing. I think I, I, social media is another thing where, you know, everybody right now thinks that if they can get 10,000 Instagram likes, that means they are worthy of that work. So uh, it means nothing. It, it, you know, if, if, if 10,000 school kids went, oh, wow, what you do is amazing. That's brilliant. And I'm sure for your ego, that's a lovely thing. But for an art director somewhere, they if they don't like it, <laughs> it doesn't matter that 10,000 people on Instagram did. It, it doesn't work for what I'm trying to do. So please don't, you know, tell me how amazing your following is somewhere because it kind of doesn't mean much. So, um, Dave, where can people uh, find more about uh, you, your work, and uh, bask in the wisdom that you've brought to this episode? Uh, so our website is wearebeard.com. Um, we get uh, all the time, why are you We Are Beard? It's a really long and boring story that uh, Rob, who set the company up, had a beard before they were trendy, and everybody referred to him as that bloke with the beard. So he, he decided he'd keep that as thing. So, yeah, wearebeard.com. Uh, we are beard on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and LinkedIn, I believe. And then my own personal account is illustrated Dave, um, which is again on, on Instagram, Twitter. I don't use Twitter as much as I used to. Um, in fact, I don't use social media as much as I used to. I'm finding in these times, <laughs> I see too many things that then make me go, oh, no, the world's rubbish. Um, <laughs> and I try to avoid that. But, yeah, I, I try to stay active on, on Instagram because it's probably the best place for creative to just go, here's a pretty picture. You know, don't have to talk about it for hours. It's just like, here's something that looks nice. And that's essentially what I do. I make pretty pictures. Beautiful. Are you uh, aware of um, Obscurist Vinyl on Instagram? Uh, no, I'm not. Um, it is, uh, I, I'm going to assume, I don't know, but I think the guy's got like old photos from the seven sixties and seventies of, of people in strange poses. And he basically makes album covers, uh, of, for, for fake, um, singers and artists and musicians, uh, with really rude titles. Um, it'll be, you know, uh, it'll be, uh, um, Scorb Johnson's I shat on your forehead. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to be looking at that this afternoon. But, yeah, but like where the guy's just, just got like this pose or whatever, and it's it's just a really nice combination. Um, so yeah, have a, have a look. Yeah, will do, definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been um, an unalloyed pleasure. Um, thank you so much for, for joining me on this. No, thank you. It's been a real privilege to, to be asked to come and do something. And uh, yeah look forward to hearing other people's things as well because genuinely listening to it I, I i find inspiration in all sorts of places from all sorts of different backgrounds and listening to a top five of birds is just as inspiring to me as as other things so yeah keep up the good work 